I want to talk this morning for a few minutes on this focus of ignite the light. Say it with me. Ignite. A little more kick. Ignite. I'd like you to uh, pull out your smartphone and turn to Matthew 5. And if anyone has a Bible, I'm probably... Anyway, Matthew chapter 5, and there are three verses that we want to get into, verse 14, 15, and 16. Often, uh, I ask that we read the Bible out loud because in the Bible, they talk about reading Scripture out loud. So we like to let the enemy know what God says. So let's, let's hit it, verse 14. You are the light of the world... Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden, no one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see. So Jesus has been talking to maybe thousands that are there that day, and this is known as the uh, Sermon on the Mount, and these are sort of the core teachings of Jesus. And on this day, he gathers them all together, and I don't know what kind of day it was, certainly he didn't have a sound system. And there were no chairs like you're in today. But all of a sudden, he stands and he says, You! 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 You're, you are the light of your cause, I mean, of, your, of the world. You are the light. Not a light. You are the light. And what Jesus is saying is, and he said this before, he said, I am the light of the world. And now he says to them, and he says here in Orlando, Florida, and those that are watching, and he says to you, he says, you, say it with me, you, you, turn to somebody and say, you, you, he says, you are the light of the world. Now, Jesus, when he was on earth, was the source of light. And when we come to faith in Christ, the darkness is silenced, and now we are recipients of the light. So now we are reflecting the light, the source, who is Jesus. It's a little bit like the moon. At night we look up and we see the moon, but the moon is a reflection of the sun, and so also 
We are the reflection of the Son, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So that his light shines on us, shines in us, and then we shine forth his life in a spiritual dark world. So we shine on the campus, we shine in our neighborhoods, we shine at the beach, we shine at the restaurant, we shine in our neighborhoods. When we go to the doctor's office, we shine. Like this week, I was in a doctor's office and the doctor was leaving and I said, wait a minute, I have to pray for you. And they came back with the assistant and I prayed for him right there for the blessing because I was there more than anything to shine because I have received the light and it's not light from a flashlight but Jesus, who is the source of light, now when I came to Jesus, the light came in me. So now when I walk around and you walk around, what we are doing is we're entering into the darkness and we shine with the light of Jesus. Hallelujah. I've noticed wherever I go, whether it's in a mall, whether it is at the gym or anyone else, anywhere else, people are like this. You can walk by them and almost be this close to them. And I go in the gym now, and they're walking like that. I say, hey, good morning. How's it going? Hey, good morning. I notice that I lift my hand. I have a little more impact. Hey, good morning. How's it doing? How's it going? And every person turns and says, oh, good morning. So I want to introduce you today in shining to start with your face. Because faces need a lift. And a lot of faces, a lot of faces, a lot of faces of believers that I meet look like it is the last day of their life. And maybe the only time they actually smile is at the Super Bowl game. Who won there? When New England and Tommy won, they smile. So I want to introduce something kind of new to all of us, that shining is the result of the shine of light that comes from Jesus, and we have to initiate, even in church. People walk down the hallway, they're over here, they're over there, you can be washing your hands in the bathroom, no one talks. How non-Christian. So I'm introducing here something that Jesus wants us to do, and he said, you, 
don't know whether he said it like that. You. Say it. You. you. Louder. You. you. Do it one more time. You. Now, body language is real. You can look at someone and say good morning, and they say good morning, but they're not saying good morning. They're like, don't you get near to me. <laughs> Hi, good morning. And they go, morning. But their body speaks louder than their words. So when we talk about shining, it begins not with your hands. It begins with your face, and you have to have a face lift, and you need to smile when you don't feel like smiling because you're shining. And we need to walk around knowing that we are going into the darkness and our objective is not just to pick up some food at the grocery store or simply to have someone wait on us at a restaurant and then never say a word and then walk out and never shine I always try, no matter what, if I don't have an opportunity, if I'm closing something, I said, don't, don't forget, Jesus loves you. And most people have a very positive response, like, I'm glad that someone does. Jesus says in verse, verse number 16, here, he says simply, let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father. So you're on time to work. You work harder. When everybody is gossiping in the office, you don't join in that caravan of negativity, you shine and have a good attitude so people will listen to you when you open your mouth because you have been shining in what you do and how you live your life. Let your light shine among men. And when we do that, we have the right to speak into their lives. It's interesting, people are always saying, what do I say, what do I, it's almost like it's complicated. In Acts chapter 9, the Apostle Paul is on the way to Damascus, he encounters God, encounters Jesus, and listen to this. Verse 19, he stayed with the believers a few days, Verse 19, he immediately started talking about Jesus. Everybody in here that has encountered Jesus, you don't have to know when the Antichrist is coming or who he is or the two witnesses or know that there are even 66 books in the Bible or who 
Gospel of Mark, whether where that's located, and sometimes we don't know everything, but we do know, and we should learn those things, but eventually we should be able to say, Jesus is real, I have experienced him, and then ask questions and let them talk and then lead them to Christ. The world we live in is full of darkness. Remember, the light is not for the light. When you came in and drove up on the beautiful campus today, you might have noticed the lights were not on outside because actually the light is on. Come back tonight and when it's dark, the lights will be on. Light is about invading the darkness. And there's darkness around us. 11 million people abuse prescription opioids. 64,000 or more are dying. The cost to our our nation is $78 billion a year, but most of all, it is the loss of life. Amazing that one out of 10 people struggle with some level of substance abuse. We are living in a dark world. When New York or Virginia has decided to kill babies in the trimester under the name of abortion? It's not right. We believe in life. Life. We believe in life. In our city, Darkness is everywhere. Right here, February the 2nd, a TSA officer went up to the balcony of the hotel at the Orlando International Airport and jumped off and killed himself. Right here in the city, a 35-year-old Gary Wayne Lindsay Jr., killed his four children, and shot and killed himself. 59-year-old Janet Trainer jumped to her death off the balcony of her condominium. On February the 4th, in our city on International Drive, a 50-year-old man and a 24-year-old young girl were found by deputies a murder-suicide. And right here, a few miles from here, on the 8th of October, a few months ago, in a very abusive relationship, Edward and Kathy Kramersik murdered suicide, all of them. And all of these things are the result of the fact that the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. 
They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. You see, we don't go around preaching about ourselves. We preach that Christ Jesus is Lord, and we ourselves are his servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let there be light in the darkness has made this light shine in our hearts so that we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus. The enemy, his gateway is right into the mind. You can be sure in every one of these cases that the enemy had put lies because he is the father of lies and he tries to work on every human being and he begins with our minds and then we think it's a thought that we have when actually it is the enemy putting a thought in our minds and even believers sometimes are thinking about suicide and those thoughts do not come from God. They come from the enemy. And the Bible says that Satan is the God of this world. In Ephesians 2, it says, he is the prince of the power of the air. And his objective is simply to work on our minds so that we begin to believe the lie. And he says, well, go over there and do that. That will be fun. Now go over there and do that. Go over to the bar on Friday night, drink all night, pick someone up, and go out and have fun, and it looks good, and it looks all exciting. Everybody's at the bar, and they're screaming, and then they go out and get this girl, that girl, and the enemy says, the enemy, the enemy has the script. He has the script, and, and so millions and billions of people get the script in their mind because they believe because there's an emptiness inside of them. And somehow, if they follow this script, that that's going to make them feel better. Shoot up this. Take this. Take this. Why are we doing all those things? It's because something is missing inside of us. It's something that we are created to be. And we are shouting out. Somehow, somehow we, we forgot, we forgot Jesus, you, 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 not everyone, followers of Jesus, you, you, you. And Jesus said, listen, listen, you, you don't take a light and do this. And this is what the believer I'm having a bad day, or I've got this. I go to the doctor's office. I go in the campus, and I go here. And what I do, what I do is I focus on my problem, but I'm not the light. The problem in the nation is not with darkness. Darkness is here. What it is, the enemy will try to get you to be silent because your problems are so big, and they'll always be big until we die. If it's not your mother-in-law, it's your father-in-law, or your wife, or your husband, or your kids that are driving you crazy, or a boss that's crazy, people are... <laughs> My closet is not the, light, the place of the light of the world. That's my prayer time. I'm the light of the world, not 
I'm not the light of the world while I'm with Judy in my house. She's light, I'm light. I'm not in the light. I'm only in the light when I step out of my house and I go somewhere and most of the people you meet are in the darkness. And here's the key. Somehow we cannot have church, we cannot have community where the Christians get together, the Christians get together, the Christians get together, the Christians get together. We get together, we get together. What would happen, my dream is, God's dream, to have more people come into these meetings that are in darkness. The person who is on drugs, the person about to commit suicide, the person who is wealthy but miserable, the person who's going through a divorce, they don't know Jesus. Why do we, why do we meet, why do we meet on a weekend like this? Why do we gather together? There's only three reasons. We gather together, first of all, for community, to be with people and love them, and that's why the cafe or tables and chairs that we don't come on in and then we get run out and get on our motorcycle. That's not us. That's not us. That's church. We don't do that. We have community, hang out. You walk up to somebody standing in the, in the lobby there. They're by themselves. You see they're by themselves. You go out of your way. I got to pick up my kids. Okay, okay. Hold for 30 seconds. And you go over and say, hey, my name is Bob. How are you doing? You're washing your hands in the bathroom. Don't wash. You're not there to wash your hands only. You're there to say, who's next to you? And you say, hey, how's the soap? The problem in America is not the darkness. When I go to Korea, and I talk about this all the time, because the, the church there has 880,000 people, and guess what? There's not another Jesus over there. But over there, they don't let the basket be over the light. They don't have small groups where all the Christians get together, get together, get together, get together. What would happen this meeting on the 17th? What would happen? We got people in this church who've been serving God for since Eisenhower was president. <laughs> I don't believe God gave you your home for yourself or your apartment. And we're going to introduce something more easy. You're, you're going to, it'll be the easiest thing to start a group. I'm believing for 300 groups. Pastor Jeff is heading this team up. We're going to be there. Pastor's going to be there. This is not another meeting. This is for us to be the light in every community in the city. Ladies and gentlemen, we, we are believing that we're going to impact an entire city for Christ. At least I believe that. You are not to spend your life Simply being the light of lights, a holy huddle together. What if we had 500 unbelievers here on a Sunday? I didn't finish my statement. We come to be in community. We come to honor the Lord. We come for teaching. But we come to see miracles and signs and people come to Christ. 
listen to me carefully, we cannot afford spiritually to have these meetings and 95% of the meeting is made up of people who are in the light. And I believe the Holy Spirit is saying on this missions focus this weekend, he is saying to us, I want you to get your eyes on the world because he said you're the light of the world. And there are two parts of that. Number one, the world has come to Orlando. I don't know how it is in South Dakota, but I do know in Orlando that the nations are here and that we are to be the light to the nations right here and then we are to be the light of the nations of the world, some of us will go. I do believe that we should have more than 100 people in this huge congregation go on a short-term mission trip. Last year, around 100. It ought to be 500. Now, parents... Let me just say to you, don't say you can't afford it. You get out and start raising money. You get your son or daughter, we did that, before they get out of high school, and you get them somewhere in this world, and they become the light, and they begin to work for Christ, and you plant the seeds at an early age. So after a while, our church will be accused and in the paper, that we have become a church where we are concerned about people who are in the darkness. I'm aware every service we have, how I speak, what I say, because I have in the back of my mind, I want to reach someone that's in the darkness. I want to reach someone that's about to take their life. I want to reach with someone who has basically given up on life. I want to reach somebody that everybody has given up on. And sometimes it's the prostitute, and sometimes it's just a good person that needs to have Jesus. I never want to come into a meeting like this focused only on the people who are the lights. And I wake up many mornings, and I am praying, Lord, give us souls. And some months ago, the Lord said, believe for 500 people that are in the darkness to come into these services. And I want, I want you to think about who you're going to bring next meeting we have. And sit next to you, I thought, do you hear that baby crying? Well, let me tell you, that's just timely. Because I can tell you the heart, there are some people in this room, their heart, you may not be making that sound, but your heart's crying out. And I think, I think of just a few weeks ago, and I already told this story, I'm running out, Judy, it's like New Year's Eve or something, and I'm, I'm one step out, and the Holy Spirit says, stop and talk to that girl selling Anderson pictures, and I did, and I just started to talk to her a little bit and, and told her about, you know, her life, and, and she starts to bawl, 
called Linda, who's working with our singles, 40s and 50s. She calls her a couple weeks ago. Mary comes to church. Mary, are you here this morning? Where are you, Mary? Stand up, Mary. Where are you? Somewhere. Mary, right there. Stand, keep standing. Mary, keep standing, Mary. Mary is from Columbia. Mary's from Columbia. And when I asked her, she said, I don't know anybody. And then we talked. And I, as I said, I gave her kind of a few words there. She's crying. Where's your Mary? Where's your Mary? You know, I, I like these meetings a lot. I enjoy you being here. I enjoy preaching. But I'm concerned about the Marys. Mary, thank you. We're proud of you. Yesterday, I was in the Whirlpool, and all of a sudden, this guy, Gerard, Gerard, started talking. Gerard, stand up. He's, he's in the Whirlpool with me. He, kn he knows the Lord. What would happen, what would happen if there was such a move of the Spirit, not based on just some kind of hype or we all feel good, but what would happen if we got the heart of the Lord? I tell you, the best time to let your light shine is when you are at the bottom of your life because you can shine sometimes when you're hurting yourself personally because you can identify with people that are hurting. And listen on this day. We set aside this week, and Pastor Kenneth and Andrea have worked so hard. And we had Dick Brogdon, Dr. Dick Brogdon. You gave $10,000 last weekend for his ministry in the Middle East. But I thought a lot, and I've been praying all week about this, this card that, that we gave out, the Faith Promise card. It's just a means for all of us to focus, just as we, we focus on things in our lives. We focus on brushing our teeth. We focus on uh, learning. We focus on reading. We focus on our marriage. But ladies and gentlemen, this has nothing to do with me. This has nothing to do with our church. There's not one bit of focus on who we are. But I do know that I waking up and I'm thinking, Lord, what, what can I say that people would respond to this, this need for missionaries to go out into the nations and many being sent from here to the nations and and after a while every person a part of having the focus on the nations what would happen if all of us said this and is there anyone didn't get a card would you raise your hand you did not get a card ushers quickly you did not get a card raise your hand if you balcony didn't get a card and what this is simply, this is about 
This is about the souls in the nations. It is about each of us thinking about doing something above and beyond our regular tithe. For some, and it may be the mix, maybe it is $5 every month. Or for some, you make a commitment of 100 and some can do more. But what is important here this morning is not just this card. In fact, if you don't really care about that, please don't do anything. Because I am an instrument of God, I believe, with a clarion call to say, don't forget the world. While you're having great meetings, while you're jumping up in worship, while you're enjoying the presence of God, don't forget the world. And as Dick said last week, he simply said, Matthew 24, 14, in this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. Then would come. I was arrested by this verse in 2 Peter 3, 9 concerning God. Because a lot of people say, why hasn't, why hasn't Jesus come? Why hasn't Jesus come? This one verse in the Bible says it. He is restraining himself on account of you, holding back the end. Because he doesn't want anyone lost. He's giving everyone space and time. He doesn't, he, doesn't, he doesn't want anyone lost in the nation. By the standards of the nation, everybody here is doing pretty good. But there are people, I think of Venezuela, no food in many cases. I think about the nations of the world under bondage. Maybe we could raise up a hundred missionaries here. Maybe the day will come we have 500 missions trips. Maybe the day will come that this gets in our heart a little deeper. In just a couple minutes, I'm going to ask everyone, youth, everybody, Avenue, take the card and just put down in faith what you think God would want you to do. Because I believe that this is our moment and we have to rise up. I know the Bible says in Hebrews or in the book of Revelation, it says, look, I'm coming soon, verse 20, chapter 22, bringing my reward with me to repay all people according to their deeds. I am the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. I kind of asked the Lord that I would be more drawn by, by eternity. Because for all of us, there's a span of time of influence. And God wants to, us to see him differently. Yesterday, I had something unusual happen. I was swimming. And normally, I do one lap, and I pray for someone, and do another lap, and I pray for somebody else. Yesterday, I got in the water. I was doing my lap swimming, and the Lord felt he impressed. He said, Alex, don't, don't pray for anyone. I want you to just praise me and thank you. Thank you. And in my heart, not my mouth, I was saying, Lord, I bless you. I praise you. God, you're so good to me. Lord, I exalt your name. Hallelujah. I praise your name. I praise your name. And I was going 
back and forth and back and forth. And all of a sudden, as I'm swimming, there's like this fresh understanding. And it was like he was saying to me, Alex, you have no idea how great and how mighty I am. You have no understanding of how awesome I am in my power. You have no little understanding of how mighty I am. And don't forget, when Pharaoh was about to take out my people, there was one man that stood, and he had faith to put out a staff, and the country, the nation is about to go down, but the mighty God, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nissi, the God of the, uni of the universe, stepped in the situation, and I sensed in my, myself rising up, and I heard him say as I was swimming, Alex, you're a conqueror. You overcome. You win your battles. You are, you are not defeated. I am with you. I am the mighty God. And come to this platform and let the people know that I am bigger than their problems. I am bigger than their enemies. Let me tell you that he is the rescuer. Let the enemies come. Let the enemies attack. Let the demonic spirits come. Let them come at us. For there is a deliverer. There is a deliverer. You may believe you're going down this morning and your circumstances probably say it. But today, I am telling you that he is mighty and he is strong. And he's powerful and he is great. And he is great and he is mighty. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I'm asking, I'm asking, I'm asking, I'm asking, I'm asking us to believe that he can provide for us so we can give to missions. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, you may be seated. They're going to play a song here. I'm going to ask you if you haven't prayed before, just pray what you're to give. Again, if you're disinterested, don't do anything. Don't do anything, but don't, don't do it out of road or because I ask, okay? In other words, some people aren't there. That's fine. I'm, I'm believing for an army that this church will double what we do for the world. Double. Double. In Jesus' name. Every single month, we'll have an offering for just the world. And so help us, God, this, this, nation, this year will go down in the history books. A church in the sun is not a church, the light of the lights. Uh, we will bring the people in, and we will send our money out, and we'll send more money, and everyone on a missions trip. And we're thinking about the world. We're praying for nations. And when Jesus comes, he will say to us, Bob, good job. Well done. Barbara, good job. Don't you give up this morning in your circumstance. Don't you be intimidated by some enemy. In fact, in your lack, defy the enemy and do something for the world. Shame him. Hallelujah. Okay. Let me see if I got everything. 
Okay. You that are watching, God bless you. Okay. Write those out, if you will. What are you singing? Okay, let's do it. Let's all, let's all stand, and uh, everybody stand for a minute. Just take your card. If you want to hold it up a little bit, you can. Our Father, we thank you that we live in America, that we have freedom of speech. Thank you, Lord, for every blessing that you've given us. You put us in a family of very loving people. And the spirit that we feel here is so encouraging. Thank you for Pastor Austin Corley, the team here that led us today. Thank you for all of our leaders and pastors and workers. And I pray, Lord, that you would now as we make this monthly commitment for the world that you would bring great blessing to every person here. <clears throat> I ask for your presence to be so strongly upon us that we will know the glory of God through the face of Jesus. Lord, I feel right at this moment like this is holy ground as Moses was standing by the burning bush. Help us to take off our self-efforts and help us to surrender a little deeper to you. Raise up these young adults and college students and high school and middle schoolers, our kids. Raise up the singles and families let us be a mighty force, Lord. 
just thank you, Lord. And I pray a special blessing of healing, deliverance. For those that are with us feel rejected because of what they're going through. Touch them with your love and help them to know you're with them and that they may be surrounded by the enemy, but they're surrounded by you. Lord, we bless your name. Bless your name. I just pass the boxes. No one leave for just a minute. We never dismiss our service without giving people an opportunity to literally open their hearts to the love and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Our Heavenly Father knew that we would all go astray and head down the wrong way because of the enemy, and yet on one day in time, he directed Jesus to come get us. And he came in a different way. He came and died. And on the cross, he was taking our sin. He was taking our sickness and offering us a new life. And then he was resurrected from the dead. And he says to every one of us, you have worth. You may feel worthless because where you've been but we have value because of Jesus leaving heaven, coming down to rescue us. And every single person can be forgiven. In a moment, we're gonna 
ask you to raise your hand, and by doing that, you're just saying, pray for me, I want to be forgiven. All those people, that men that were baptized today, have come and taken their next step and declared openly that they belong to Christ and identified with him in the, the water of the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. And you might think what you've done is too big for God to handle. And that's very logical, but he is able to handle it for you. He's very good at helping bad people become new people. And there's some people here this morning, you've given up on yourself. And maybe you have every right to because of your behavior. But this room is filled with the oxygen of grace, mercy, and love. And in a moment, many people, some you once knew the Lord, and now you've slipped from who he is. And he says, come on, come on back, Gary, come on back. And he will change your life. I'm going to count to three. And if you want prayer, you say, listen, I want, I want to be forgiven of my sins. I want a new life. I want to give my life to Jesus. Don't you hold back. The enemy has held you captive long enough. It's time that you get out of what he's been doing to you and no longer be in his small group. And you get in God's blessing. On a count to three, you just raise the hand. One, two, three. Put it up. Put it up. I want to be forgiven. Put it up. Put it up. Come on. Don't hesitate. You've been putting your hand up for a lot of stuff. Put your hand up. Put your hand up. Tell the enemy... He doesn't have you anymore. Put your hand up, wherever you are. Put your hand up. Get out of that stuff. Now walk down the aisle. Everybody raise your hand or you didn't. Walk down this aisle. Come on. Come on. <coughs> walk down this aisle. <coughs> walk down this aisle. Come on. Walk down this aisle. Say yes to Jesus. Yes. Yes. That's it, that's it. Yes. Come on, get out, get out, get out. Over here. From the balcony, come down here. Over here, come on.
all of those that have come, look up here for a minute. We're not here to think about how bad you've been. We are here to think about how great Jesus is as he changes everything. This is about your heart. Religion is all focused on scrubbing up your behavior, behavior modification. When we repent, ask for forgiveness of our sins and invite Christ to come in and we give our life to him, then we begin to follow Jesus and we want to please him and he changes our lives. Some of you are watching online. It's not by chance that you happen to be a part of this service in Orlando, Florida. And I can tell you that the Lord loves you. And if you pray this prayer and surrender your life to Christ, he will take you where you've never been before. After we pray here for a moment, uh, Pastor Dave, who baptized today, so many will kind of take you to the side for just a couple minutes. And we have friends, we want to give you something. And we're not an institution around here, we're a family. And so you'll go back there just a couple minutes with friends, and uh, your next step is to be baptized. Proud of you all. Proud of you all. Good decision. I'm going to ask us all to pray this prayer out loud. I like the enemy to hear this prayer because it scares the confidence out of him. I want us all to say this very loudly. Jesus, Jesus, I put my faith in you you that you took my sin sin on the cross. cross. I confess and believe believe that God raised Jesus from the dead. dead. He is alive. alive. I turn from my sin. I I repent of my sin. I I abandon my life to follow Jesus. Jesus, come into my heart. Give me your grace, the gift of righteousness and eternal life. You prayed that prayer from your heart. You are in the family. Go with Pastor Dave.